Thanks for joining us online today. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, we would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We hope that you enjoy the message. to part five of our Love Thy Neighbor series. And you guys, what an incredible, incredible series this has been. Welcome, by the way, Plantation Campus, all of our services all weekend long there. Welcome, Gateway, to you guys, east of I-75. What up? Watch out for the Red Sox traffic, just saying. Welcome, you guys. Online audience, man, we're so honored that you're with us. We don't take it for granted that you would log on uh, somewhere in the world outside of Southwest Florida and just engage with what God is doing here at Next Level. It's an honor. It's a privilege for us. And so thank you for being a part of this. Well, this is part five of our Love Thy Neighbor series. And you guys, we've tracked a lot of ground throughout this series uh, for everything from, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We talked about loving our our enemy. We talked about loving our neighbors across the world and the least of these and how they're our neighbors. And Dr. Stafford last weekend, such an incredible, incredible series. Well, this weekend, here's what I want to do. I want us to, to, to make even yet another slight turn. I want us to, to talk through this weekend a story that if you've been around Bible study at all for any period of time in your life, I am quite confident you've heard this story once or twice or a hundred times. It's, it's one of the most famous stories every like vacation Bible school ever does this story. The story of a few friends who kind of get on a mission. And isn't it interesting, have you ever thought about this, that that there's, there's, n- that there's nothing like a group of people on a mission, is there? Like, like, like when... People will do crazy things when they're in a group setting on a mission, won't they? So last year we had, we had our, our staff retreat. We do this every, every year, late summer. We take our staff away for 24 hours and just pour into them. And so last summer we decided to go uh, on our staff retreat down to Naples. And so uh, we, we broke up into teams. So we all met at our, at our Next Level Church offices. We all got together. And then uh, they broke us up into teams of five or six in each team. Well, my team was the blue team. And so we had like these blue wristbands or blue ribbons or whatever it was. So we were the blue team, okay? And so there were other two, red team, the pink team, the purple team, whatever, okay? And so then they sent us on a scavenger hunt. And I'm telling you, our normally normal staff, our kind-hearted staff, our loving next-level church staff suddenly became like crazed, competitive, like Avengers who were just set out. And it's like, well, well what do we win? It doesn't matter we're going to win. And so, like, I'm telling you, so in my group, uh, we had to do, we had to build a pyramid in front of the gigantic orange at Sun Harvest, 
deal? Like, so, so like we're out there, like I'm the base of a pyramid people. Like it was crazy. We had to get a job application. Uh, we had, we, <laughs> we had a Chinese person in a Chinese restaurant tell a knock, knock joke, which you haven't lived until you've experienced that. I'm just telling you it was awesome. Why? Because people will do crazy stuff when they're put in a group and given a mission. And that's what we're going to talk about this weekend. So here's what I want you to do. Whatever service you're in, turn with me in your Bible or click with me on your smartphone or your tablet device to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to land this weekend because I want us to look at a famous, famous story of a group of people who had a mission and how, how they did some pretty crazy stuff. And now here's what I would ask. Here's what I would ask. Luke chapter 5. Here's what I would ask. Don't rush to the end of the story. Again, the vast majority of us have probably heard and are familiar with this story. So what I would say to you is don't rush to the punchline. Like don't rush to the end. Because when you stay inside the moments of this story, some amazing things begin to fall out things that apply to you and I this weekend as well. Luke chapter 5, starting in, in verse 17. Before we get there, let me say this. So Jesus, where we pick up the story, Jesus is at the height of his ministry. Like he is, his fame has spread, the, the, the word of his teachings and the miracles that he is, is performing from city to city, village to village. Like Jesus is at the height of his ministry. And so where we pick up the story in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, that's what's going on. Jesus has come into another village to teach and to perform miracles. Let's read it together. Luke chapter 5, verse 17 says this. One day, Jesus was teaching. And Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. And then look what it says here. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So Jesus is sitting there, and it is a packed house. Like, there are people everywhere. There are people, every chair is filled, every aisle is filled, the, every window is filled. They are out the doors, out the windows, spilling out. They're in overflow. They're watching online. They're everywhere. Like, they're, like it is crazy. It is pandemonium in the house that Jesus is teaching in. And it says that he's not just teaching and preaching. He's healing the sick. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When you came into your service this weekend, you were handed a bulletin. Pull that out right now. Pull that out because inside of there's a slip of paper with some fill in the blanks on it. I want you to follow along with my train of thought. I want to give us five ideas that go along with this story that apply to us on groups weekend here at Next Level Church. Here's the first one. Number one, maybe you want to write this down. This man, this lame man had a group of friends. This lame man had a group of friends. Now here's the thing. The Bible doesn't tell us who these guys were or where they came from. The book of Mark tells us that there were four of them, plus the lame guys. There were five friends. So, but other than that, we don't know much. All we know is two things. First, they had heard that this guy, Jesus, who is teaching things we've never heard before and performing miracles like we've never experienced before, this guy, Jesus, has come to their town. And secondly... They have a friend who's paralyzed who needs a touch from Jesus. That's all we know about these guys. That's all we know about this group. So 
Imagine how this whole thing came about. Like, like whose idea was it? Like when they hear that Jesus is, is coming or has come to their town and that he's at the house, you know, down the way, who, was, it, was it one of the friends' idea? Or was it, like, was it the lame guy? He's like, hey, you guys, come here, come here, come here. No, really, I'm begging you, take me to Jesus. Like, like whose idea was it? When did they have the idea? Did they have it like the night before? Were there flyers coming in 10 days? Jesus will be here performing teach miracles and teaching. Like, like, did they know the night before? Was it like a morning of? Was it a moment of thing? Did these guys have to take time off of work? Like, we don't know anything. All we know is there was a group of people who were friends, who had a need that needed to get before Jesus. All we know is we got to get our boy Jedediah to Jesus. Like that's all we know is we got to get our lame man friend to Jesus. Now let me pause here for a second and say this. One of our strategies here at Next Level Church, our vision is create a place that people love so they can experience a loving God. Well, one of our strategies, one of our ways that we accomplish that vision is this. We do life together. That's a strategy that we have here at Next Level Church, that we believe that you and I, as followers of Jesus, will never become everything God has created for us to come. We'll never reach our full potential in Him until and unless we are doing life together, that we're doing life with other people of like precious faith. That is a strategy for us. And so we as a leadership team, we as pastors at all of our campuses, we as, as, as Next Level Church staff, we are constantly keeping before us this thought of how do we create opportunities for our church people, those who attend Next Level Church, to do life together. And for us, the answer to that question is our groups. We do that in groups. In other words, the, the, the whole goal of Next Level Church is not that you and I would just come and sit in rows in one of our, our weekend services. If we do, that's great. Yes, that's part of it, but that's not all of it. We believe that you and I will never reach our full potential in Christ until and unless we are doing life together. And for us at Next Level Church, our methodology to get that done is what we call our groups our groups here at Next Level Church. That's a strategy for us. And here's what we believe. Here's what we believe. Write this down. Number two, big statement. Ready? We believe that groups are best when they center around a common cause. We believe that groups are best when they center around a common cause. For these four guys, the common cause was get their friend to Jesus. Like, that was the cause. Like, that was all this group was designed to do, and it was big enough. So what do they do? They pick him up. They hear Jesus is in their village. They pick him up, one guy on each corner, and they proceed to carry him to wherever Jesus was. Now, here's, here's the thing. We don't know. We don't know how far they had to carry him. We don't know the terrain that they had to carry him through. It could have been one-tenth of a mile that they had to carry this guy. We, it could have been two miles, okay? Just for equivalency, ready? When was the last time you had to carry 150 or 200 pounds of dead weight a considerable distance? Like, like if it was a tenth of a mile, 
that would basically be from the stage of our auditorium, the auditorium that you're sitting in, carrying someone in on a mat, one guy on each corner, to the edge of the parking lot, to the main entrance of your campus, okay? That might have been the shortest distance. The greatest distance would be carrying a person, think of this, from the stage of your campus to, at Plantation, to the Twin Stadium or at Gateway to the Red Sox Stadium. That's a long haul. Like, that's a long way to carry 150 or 200 pounds of dead weight. And we don't know. We don't know. How far? How long? How, how, how long did it take? What was the terrain like? We don't know. All we know is these guys had a cause. This group had a purpose. This group had a mission to accomplish, and it was to get their friend to Jesus. And they were willing to work hard. They were willing to push. They were willing to serve. They were willing to sacrifice. They were willing to do anything as a group to accomplish this purpose. See, Next Level Church, never underestimate the power of a group with a purpose. Never underestimate the power of a group with a purpose. And that's why I love our groups. That for the next three months at Next Level Church, we're going to have so many groups at Plantation Campus, at Gateway Campus, across our church. We're going to have group after group after group that is designed with a purpose. And you'll notice this year, this semester, that, that our groups are broken into four categories. Men, women, co-ed, and sub-30 groups. And so here's the deal. Watch this, though. Start with the who, and then it goes to the what. And you'll notice in your booklet this weekend that's right there in your hands right now, listen, you'll notice that there are those four, four categories of group, men, women, sub-30, and co-ed groups, but that's the who, but then there's the what. And the what gets very, very specific. It might be topical study and, and growing in our relationship with Christ. It might be an outreach-focused group that is about serving others. That is the purpose. That's the cause. That's the what. It might be a social group. Where we get together to build friendship and relationship and to, to strengthen one another. Here's the point. All of our groups at Next Level Church have a purpose. You know why? Because the best kind of groups are the ones that have a common cause and a purpose. And you guys, I'm excited about this because coming this fall, this will be fully in place. Our serve teams here at Next Level Church... We're working hard behind the scenes over the next few months to get all of our serve teams to a place where they are groups as well. So that our serve teams can become that relational gel, that relational connection. Why? Because we believe the best kind of groups are the ones that have a common cause, that have a purpose, a mission to accomplish. That's the heart and the passion. That's the vision behind Next Level Church's groups. That's the vision of what we are doing. So let's go back to the story. So here are these four guys with their friend who's lame, who needs a touch from Jesus. We don't know how far, we don't know how hard they had to work, we don't know the sacrifices they had to make. But they each pick up a corner of this guy's mat and they walk and they walk and they carry and they labor and they sweat. And they're in the hot sun and then they arrive at the house where Jesus is and they can see it off in the distance. And there it is, off in the distance and they can see and hear commotion. And the closer they get, the, the, the denser the, the people are in the street. 
And as they round the corner and they see the house where Jesus is preaching and teaching and healing people, suddenly their worst nightmare hits them. Because as they round the corner, they see people not just in the house, but outside of the house and crowded in the doorways and in the windows and and listening from afar. And suddenly they realize that the chance of them getting their lame friend to the feet of Jesus just got extremely slim. They're too late. They missed it. Should have woke up earlier. Should have tried harder. Should have packed our lunch earlier the night before. These guys have sweat. They've worked. They've, 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 they've been unified around a purpose. They've picked up the corner. They've carried him. Now there's this huge crowd of people. Apparently, these guys didn't know that it's acceptable to sleep outside the night before a Chick-fil-A opens. Apparently, they didn't get that memo. So here they are. Any hope they had, any passion they had, any focus and drive they had starts to slip away. Because they realize, yeah, sure, Jesus is here, but he's clear over there. He's inside. Services have started. How are we going to get our friend? In the door. How are we going to get our friend to the feet of Jesus? And then, one of the guys has an idea. And again, the Bible doesn't tell us which one. But all of a sudden, after standing there for a few moments, one of the guys looks at his buddies and the lame man and says, Hey, hey, hey. Don't judge me too quick here. Don't, don't, don't write me off. Don't think I'm crazy. Don't think I'm just, you know, delirious from the heat. Hear me out on this. But you guys, see how Jesus is teaching in that room? And, and see how there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a roof above Jesus. And see how if we could go around the back alley. And, and what, if, what if? Don't call me crazy. But what if we could... We could somehow get our friend around the back and somehow, I don't know how, but somehow if we could figure out how to get him up 18 or 20 or 30 feet or whatever it was, what if we could get him on top and then, I, I don't know, what if we could like rip a hole in the roof? Like, what, like we got to do something. And I'm sure when that guy made that comment and started to lay out that what if, One of his buddies who was carrying the corner looked at him and was like, you crazy? I'm sure one of the other guys was like, no, man, it's too late. But maybe, just maybe, one of their friends stopped and went, wait, 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 guys, don't shut it down too fast. He he might be onto something. And all of a sudden, those guys started to put their heads together. And I imagine them sitting down in the dirt and they're, they're the five of them as a group strategizing with the one purpose in mind. And they're sitting together and they're working on this problem. And all of a sudden they come up with this plan. I think we can do it. And the next thing you know, one of them says, I think I could, I could put him on my back. And I think I could, I could scale it. I, like, I think if you guys help me and support me, like, I think together we could get him on the roof. 
And look at what verse 19 says. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Number three, write it down, write it down, write it down. Groups have the power to lift us up when we need it most. Groups have the power to lift us up when we need it most. If there was one thing this lame guy needed, it was to be lifted up onto that roof. And his group found a way to accomplish that goal. It says that somehow, some way, they got him up on the roof, baby. And it says then they just started ripping open the roof and the thatch and the tiles. Okay, time out. Have you ever been in a room where somebody is either ripping out or replacing a roof? Probably not. You know why? Because people aren't allowed in rooms where you're tearing open roofs. But even if you have, then you know. This is not a delicate thing, okay? So I don't know what kind of Kmart sort of like, like precious moments imagery we have of this, but this is chaos, These jokers are tearing apart a roof and a ceiling to get their friend to Jesus. Imagine the scene. Okay. As a guy who does public speaking for a living, remember, Jesus is mid-sermon, people. Mid-sermon sermon that would be like me sitting here teaching and then all of a sudden unbeknownst to any of us stuff starts falling and stuff is crashing and things are flying and babies are crying and like what is going on right like imagine, like again don't rush to the end put yourself in the room Imagine what Jesus must have been thinking. Imagine what the people in the room were thinking. Hey, buddy, we got here at 4 a.m. to get a good seat. No fair cutting in line. Like, like, right? Like, this is crazy what this group does. It's crazy. And at what point did Jesus not just be like, all right, boys, hey, no, 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 all right, already, I get it, got it, we all see your faith, it's cool, you're going to drop them down, just don't, don't, we'll, just, we'll make you a path, come in the main entrance, it's fine, like, right? Jesus, like, at what point, but, it, but the Bible says he didn't do that. No, 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 no. Jesus let the faith of this group of guys be seen and evidenced by everybody in the room that day. And millions and millions and millions of people who have ever read this story in the pages of Scripture from that day on. See, our, a group has the power to lift us up when we need it most. Here's what Ecclesiastes says. I love this verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one. A group is better than trying to figure this thing out solo on your own because they have a good return for their labor. 
In other words, a, a group's effort multiplies what God is capable of doing in an individual's life. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. In other words, a group is there for you when you need it most. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. Next Level Church, listen, when tough times hit our life, and I didn't say if, I said when, because they will hit our life. When tough times hit our life, we need a group. We need a group of people who are willing to stand with us, who are willing to walk with us, who are willing to have coffee with us, who are willing to carry us, who are willing to pray with us when we need it most. A group of friends can take us to levels that we could never get on our own. Listen, that is a word for somebody this weekend. You got to hear that because you feel alone. You feel like you're the only one. You feel like you don't know where to turn. You feel like you're, you're stuck and you don't know what your next step is. I'm just telling you, it's a group. It's a group. This is where we find friends who can walk with us through the darkest of times and lift us up to levels we never could go before. That's the power. That's the power of a group. Number four, write it down. Number four. Groups position us before Jesus like nothing else can. Groups position us before Jesus like nothing else can. There's no way this guy could have ever got before Jesus on his own. It's not possible. It's not possible. It was humanly impossible for this guy to get before Jesus on his own. It was only in the context, it was only in the power of a group setting that Jesus was able to do something awesome in his life. And I believe that what is true for him 2,000 years ago is true for every single one of us today as well. I just believe it. This is why our strategy is we do life together. This is why I can't imagine where I would be without my friends. I can't imagine where I would be without groups in my life to pray for me, to carry me, to walk with me in the highs and in the lows, in the good times and in the bad, in the, in the, the times of light and fun and celebration and then the times of hardship and grief and despair. It is the power of groups that allow us to sit and stand before Jesus like we never could be by ourselves. And here's, here's the best part. Look at verse 20. Verse 20, I love this. When Jesus, <clears throat> when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the lame man, friend, your sins are forgiven. Okay, don't, don't, leave that up. Look, look at the verse. When Jesus saw their faith, not his faith, not the lame man. No, no, no. When he saw the collective faith of a group, a couple of things I notice in this verse. It says, Jesus called the guy friend. That's awesome. So when he sees the faith of a group, <laughs> friendship with Jesus, amazing, okay? Friend, your sins are forgiven. Something powerful happens. So, so watch this. So when Jesus says to this guy, friend, your sins are forgiven, okay, here's what happens. 
the religious guys, the Pharisees that were in the crowd, start freaking out. And they're like, oh, boo, Jesus, you can't forgive sins. Who are you? That's blasphemy. Raw. You think you're God. Rah, rah, rah. Okay. So then Jesus, like, straight out just, like, slaps them. is like, you guys be quiet. He rebukes them, shuts them down. Then check this out, verse 24. Then he turns his attention back to the lame guy and the group of friends. Ready? Here's verse 24. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, mat, and go home. Verse 25, immediately he stood up in front of them. He does a miracle, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Verse 26, look at this. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Number five, write this down, Next Level Church. The collective faith of a group moves the heart of God in powerful ways. Make no mistake about it. The collective faith of a group moves the heart of God in powerful and miraculous ways. This group experienced something together and made an impact on those around them that they never could have experienced or made alone. And Next Level Church, I'm just telling you, I, b- I believe with all my heart the exact same thing is true with us. That's the power of groups. That's the power of doing life together. That we and those around us experience the power of God in miraculous ways when we are in a group. So... Next Level Church, this is groups weekend. This is the weekend where we pause and we collectively as a church focus our attention on doing life together. So what about you? Come on. God's desire, God's design, God's will for our life is that you and I do life together with people. And for us here at Next Level Church, we call that groups. Think about this. Think about right now, wherever you're seated, think about this. Think about the happiest time of your life, one of the happiest times of your life. Okay, got it? Can you see the picture? Whatever image just came to your head, okay? Here's what I guarantee. I guarantee you, you were not alone. I guarantee you the happiest moments of your life were moments that where you were surrounded by people. That's the power of a group. Now, let me flip it over. Think about some of the darkest, hardest times of your life. Ready? Isn't it true that the hardest, darkest seasons of our life are either lengthened or shortened based upon one thing, the presence of friends and others around us? That if we don't have friends, if we don't have a group around us, 
when the dark times come, when the storms of life come, what happens? Those dark seasons elongate. They get longer. They, they stretch out. But when we have friendships, when we have life together, when we're in a group, what happens to those dark seasons? They shorten, don't they? That's the miraculous power of groups. So next level church, here's my challenge. My challenge is, who are you doing life with? Come on. We do life together. That is a strategy for us. We become more like Jesus when we are doing life together. So next level, ch level church, here's the challenge. Come on. You've got that booklet. Dig into it. Look at it. Find some groups. Find your who, then find your what. And start to, in every campus, every service, there are leaders. They have blue shirts on. This weekend, go out to your foyer after the service, find them, connect with them, ask questions of them, show them, and then go online. Go online and register. Lean in. Our groups, as you heard me say a few minutes ago, this is a three-month semester. So basically from now to about June 4th, okay? So right about the time school lets out. So this is not like forever and ever, amen, like you don't have to be commit for two years, okay? This is a three-month commitment where we are all together going to say, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to lean in. Why? Because there is power in a group. We do life together. So come on, Next Level Church. Let's lean in this semester and see the powerful, miraculous things that Jesus will do in our midst. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for a church like this that places such an emphasis and priority on doing life together. And Jesus, I pray for every single person who's listening this weekend that our heart would be stirred, our heart would be prompted, and that, God, we would go from the chair we're sitting in today and we would find a group that we can do life together with. Jesus, thank you that you do something miraculous and powerful through relationship that you just don't accomplish any other way. So now, Lord, I pray blessing upon our groups this semester. I pray that they would just be awesome, that the right people would find the right groups. I pray a blessing and anointing on our leaders. I pray that they would be empowered to truly be the hands and feet of Christ. These are the heroes in Next Level Church. And so, Lord, thank you that they're using their gift and their servant's heart to serve and lead a group this semester. And so, God, I pray blessing upon our leaders. And Jesus, I pray, God, that you would move in in powerful and miraculous ways in our groups over the next few months that's going to get us talking and excited so that all we come in contact with would look on and go, wow, truly we have experienced miraculous things in this place. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody and every service at every campus who agreed said, amen. If your life has been impacted through this ministry, we would love to hear your story. Send us an email to mystory@nextlevelchurch.com. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thank you so much for joining us online and have a great week.